out of time. Let's pray. God, we know that your spirit is here. We ask that your spirit open our eyes and ears, our hearts and our minds to understand what you would speak to us this day. Shower us with grace and mercy. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you this day. Amen. So how many of you know this story, the story of Jonah from when you were a kid? Yeah, a lot of people. Do you remember what your Sunday school or parent or someone told you was the point of the story? Have to obey, okay. <laughs> or you'll get eaten by a giant fish. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, the imagery that comes to mind is like a whole idea of being in the belly of a large animal for three days. Um, and the scientist in me is like, I don't know if that's possible because I'm pretty sure stomach acid would eat away my skin and I would die. Um, so obviously there must be some kind of uh, supernatural protection that Jonah had. So tell me, what, what caught your attention about Jonah as I read from the scripture? Anything stand out to you? I thought he was, he was rather cantankerous. Um, among other things. Did anything catch your attention about God? No? So um, one of the reasons that I like this particular Bible, which is the NIV Quickview Bible, is that it has all kinds of interesting things in it. And especially in the Old Testament, where things can get a bit wonky, um, it gives, first of all, there's a map. I love maps. Uh, secondly, um, it talks about some big ideas in Jonah. And the one that I'm going to focus on this morning is that God loves people who don't know him and expects his people to do the same. Does that sound like Jesus? So one of the questions uh, might be, well, how do we know this just from Jonah? So one of the pieces of background information that I think would be helpful is that the Ninevites were enemies of Israel. They, you know, were, yeah, they were enemies. And so Jonah's dislike of them, uh, strong resistance to going to proclaim God's word to them, uh, not surprising in a lot of ways. He was like, there are enemies, they don't follow you, not gonna go, which is why he tried to get on a boat and leave. Um, I also find it interesting that the sailors on the boat recognized the power of Jonah's God over their own God. Like when Jonah said, well, 
you know, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord God Almighty, the one who created the sea and the dry land. The way that I interpret what the sailor said was, oh crap, we're messing with the real deal here. <laughs> um, you know, like, oh, this is, this is the most powerful God, not what we want to do. And then also, I think we can see this big idea of God loves people who don't know him and expects his people to do the same by the fact that Jonah pouted about God's compassion. Jonah was angry at the end that God showed generosity, essentially, to the Ninevites because they repented. Jonah wanted some smiting. He was still, like, even when he sat down outside the walls of the city, I think he was hoping to see sulfur rain down. And God was like, what's your problem? Absolutely not. Um, and so I'm going to read again, uh, verse four, two B and verse, uh, chapter four, verse 11. I knew that you are, and this is Jonah talking in the first one. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. This is what Jonah knew. And yet, in many ways, he refused to go and extend that love to the Ninevites. And then God talking to Jonah in chapter four, verse 11. And should I not have great concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals. I think one of the things that we can get hung up on a little bit is this idea of being a chosen people, right? And thinking that that means whether we're talking about the Israelites or, or Christians as an extension of the family of Abraham, that God only cares about us. Like if we don't believe in Jesus, then God doesn't care at all. And that is not what we're hearing from this, from this um, book of the Bible and also from the hymn that we sang earlier. God uses people to let his love be shown. That means that God uses each one of us to let his love be shown. And sometimes God asks us to go to places where we don't want to go because we either fear them, we despise them, it puts us out of our comfort zone, it's unknown, lots and lots of reasons. Or it could even be, mm, I don't think that's very Christian if I do that. And yet, God asks us, I'm going to read the, the verse again to God's invitation to us. Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will you go where you don't know and never be the same? Will you let my love be shown? Will you let my name be known? Will you let my life be grown in you and you in me? We see that in some ways, Jonah had some pretty strong feelings and beliefs 
about the Ninevites, which is why he ran originally. Like I said earlier, he wanted smiting, not compassion, because they were enemies of Israel. They didn't, you know, they, Jonah didn't want anything to do with him. And at first, these feelings and belief got in the way of Jonah extending God's grace, of Jonah saying yes to God's invitation of, hey, if I call your name, will you follow me? And I think a lot of times we can get caught up in all kinds of things. And our, we, each one of us in this room, along with the church, I think often church, big C, not little C, um, we need to ask ourselves some questions. You know, what feelings or beliefs hold us back from extending God's grace and compassion? Is it because they're not like us? Is it because they don't believe? Is it because they drink too much? Huh. Some of the things that I thought of uh, in terms of feelings or beliefs that hold us back are self-righteousness. We think we're better than other people um, or that group of people. Pride, judgment, also insecurity, potentially fear of failure, fear of alienation, or this underlying uh, belief, well, I am wrong and you're, I am right, you are wrong. And so, you know, you just need to come to my side and believe what I believe. And then, and then we'll be good. As we hear from the story of Jonah, not, not really all, maybe all of that's true. I think on a large scale, uh, God invites us to spread this message of love and compassion. Now, we're, most of us are not going to be prophets like we see in the Old Testament. They had a very specific and unique role. Um, there are very few prophets that have been throughout the centuries. Let's just make that clear. When I say that God invites us and calls us to something, I'm not saying God is calling us all to be prophets or preachers or people in professional ministry we can only handle a certain amount of those people. <laughs> so otherwise it would just, it would be chaos. Um, but God invites us to partner with him, not only to extend the love and grace that God gives us, but also so that we can be transformed into God's likeness. One of the interesting things that, that caught my attention as I read through Jonah several times is that Jonah refuses in some ways to be transformed. He goes, he delivers the message, and then he sits and pouts. And we don't have the end of the story. We have the question that God gives him of, hey, how, how could you think that I wouldn't care about these 120,000 people and all their animals? We don't have Jonah's response which I think is a literary tool in some ways to get us to answer that question. How would we respond to God saying that? Oh, well, there's 120,000 of these people who seem to be your enemy, who would much rather trample you and hurt you. Do I care about them? Do I want my love to be extended to them? And Regardless of what God has for us in each of our lives, 
God has something for us each uniquely and individually if we're willing to hear and listen. And I think to me in a lot of ways, that's, that's the story of Jonah and the story of, of each one of us. This question of, will I come and follow you, God, if you call my name? Will I do this? Will I do what you ask of me, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's unknown? Um, because you are, you are guiding me, and I trust you. To end the sermon this morning, um, there's a couple of reflection questions at the bottom of your, um, your bulletin on the, on the front page, underneath the sending force. One is a question that I've already asked in the sermon, which is what feelings or beliefs hold me back from extending God's grace and compassion? The other one is what one thing can I do today to let God's love shine through me? These things help us become more self-aware help the Holy Spirit speak to us in ways that uh, we will be transformed, hopefully, if we respond affirmatively. And they also let God's love shine through us and God do some amazing things that might surprise us in the end. Amen. Mm -hmm.